Maybe he'll pass you, pass you along to his sister. And hopefully she's blind. <laughs> Have you ever failed? Are you listening? Welcome to another episode of Crunch Time, the Friday edition. I'm your host, Joe Hamilton, alongside my producer, Weezer Weir, and my co-host for today, Nin. Nin, how you doing, man? I'm here. <laughs> excited That's, to be here, it sounds like Nin. It's not as ex- battle, man. It's not as ex- excited as Joe is to have you here, because you know you are persona number one in his book. <laughs> he would want you on every day if he could. Joe, this nice- isn't... This is not a a normal. You got a nice studio here, Wee's King, Wee's Production Studios. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. No problem. But, uh, Joe, this isn't a normal Friday show. Why don't you tell the people? As we know, free agency started on Wednesday. And for lack of a better term, the Blues lost two guys that were important. I mean, let's be honest here. They were important. But... It was for good reason. Well, at least one of them. I would have liked to have one back, but I'll get get into that in a second. I want to first go back to a conversation I was having with somebody that we played hockey with on a regular basis. Not really so much anymore, but basically he goes, uh, I when I announced that Saad was a blue, yes, Brennan Saad signed a four-year, $22.5 million contract with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, three of those years, I believe, is a no move. Joe, let me or just five uh, years. This five is, years, uh, yeah. five years, twenty-two and a half million dollars, and I think four of those years, I th- I got that mixed up. Four of those years are no trade clauses. So, full I no announced, yeah, full no trade. So, I announced that Sod was a blue. Uh, you know, talking to friends, he goes, "I like it cheaper than Schwartz, which went to Seattle, and we'll get to that in a second. Just as skilled." Five years is a little long, but I'm fine with it. Kind of makes up for the tire fire that was yesterday. As I was reading this, I'm like, tire fire? So I asked him, I go, what do you mean? He goes, I go, the fact that players got long, t- or average players got long-term deals? He goes, a lot of guys got overpaid, but you cannot lose two skilled guys for nothing. Losing both Hoffman and Schwartz hurt. Bringing back one was a priority, but we screwed that up. In one year, our GM has lost four key roster players for nothing. Maybe we can trade Tarasenko for something. I don't know. Basically, was his response. I want to go to you first, Nate. Your reaction okay. to that. All right. First off, the most valuable thing for a hockey club right now is cap space. The fact that we're losing some of the core, it, it, it sucks. Let's be honest. Because this was the team that gave us our only cup. But we knew it had to happen. Right. Think back to, okay, Chicago 1-10, and right? How many people were left from that team from 10 and 13? And then how many people were left from that team on 15? You see, I mean, it, it's there's going to be turnover in the league. It's how you handle that turnover that makes you successful or not. Right. So to say we lost him for nothing, you only lose him for nothing if you waste the cap space you gain. That's a great point. And first of all, it's a it was the aging core to begin with. Mm-hmm. So he said we uh, he said we lost four key players. I can only think of three. Who's the fourth? Steen. Maybe Steen retired. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't lose him. Hey, 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 so, but, but that's my only reaction to that. That's my only, was it the only name I can think of? I mean, Dunn, I guess he's counting Dunn. That would be the fourth. No, I I think he's counting Steen, Petro, Schwartz, and uh, Hoffman. I think he's counting Hoffman. Maybe he's counting Hoffman. I don't know. Anyway, it, first of all. And here's Hoff- the thing. Here's the, sorry, Weez. I don't mean no, to interrupt you. But here's the thing. You wouldn't have had Hoffman last year had Petro not left. Exactly. So what comes first? The chicken or the egg here? 
I mean, just look at uh, just to think of like turnover. Think of the 2011 Cardinals, right? And yeah. they're on there. And then the 2013 Cardinals that made it to the World Series. Um, not a lot of, not a lot of the same guys on there, right? Right. No, I think Wayno and Yachty. Yeah, there was a lot of contracts thrown out really early to players that really didn't deserve them. And uh, by the time they figured it out, it was too late. Right. Which so, we're still digging out of. So if you think about it here, it was an aging core. And Petro, it was he took more money and left. It wasn't like we didn't offer a deal. Hoffman, we offered a deal. He wanted more money. I think he wanted longer terms, which he got. I, I mean, what else are you supposed to do? It's free agency. You're going to lose player. There's an expansion draft. You're going to lose somebody in the expansion draft no matter what. Yep. We tried to put up Tarasenko. I think what's going around in the league is no one wants Tarasenko, or at least they nobody wants to pick up that contract. Because one, right. he's hurt. Three salt but three injuries to the same shoulder. Man, I'm struggling today. Too much beer last <laughs> night. Um, yeah, it just I think if if there was a deal to be had, I think Seattle would have had like they would have taken him and made that deal. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And Army does not want to retain salary, but I have kind of a solution. What if you package Tarasenko and Sanford's rights and still retain one million in the salary? No one wants Sanford either. Get out of here. <laughs> will you please take these Hey you please take these back Will you please take these back to the lounge? Good lord. I mean, yeah, nobody wants Sanford, man. I mean uh, nah. No one wants Tarasenko. Then why do we want it? <laughs> Somebody answer me. Because we have them. When when the Blues acquired Sanford, let's go back. When the Blues acquired Sanford, did you have any expectations? You had to think your expectations a little bit higher than they are now, right? Because I actually didn't think, know what you. I think I, if you put it down, you could look. I think I was first to call him Berglund 2.0. I literally think that's what I said. I think we both agreed at the same moment. That he was the new Berglund. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of once I once I saw him play a large sample size in, in terms of uh, the Berglund style. Yeah, it looked just like it. It was it's sad. They didn't um, look alike. I, well, like, were they? Are they as? It's the same style of play. Yeah. Are they the same size though? I mean, Berglund. Almost. We always criticize him. Okay. Yeah, because Sanford's six four. Yeah. The only difference is one was 21 and the other's 12. So if it was in a mirror, you wouldn't know who was who. <laughs> exactly. Very good point. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. I'm telling you. Sometimes I'm like. changes number. Yeah. Let's go back to a trade the Blues made. And a lot of people are like, oh, if the young guys don't step up, I don't see this as a, as a cup contending team. I do. And here's why. You trade Sammy Blay and a second-round pick next year for a guy in Pavel Busnevich. He scored 20 goals in 54 games. So, average that out over an 82-game season. What is that, man? Well, way to no, not I mean, do the like math. Way to, way not, way to not right. do the math, Joe, and push it on somebody else. I'm You've sorry. had a whole week here to do a little math <laughs> to figure it out. Holy but, hell. But, but, uh, okay. Granted, the, the trade was good. It, it's going to be a steal, even if he's half of what he was in New York. The, Blake can't stay healthy. Right. He's at least going to be on the ice. And the key to this trade already is locking him up for another four <laughs> years. At a, at a pretty nice AVV. Yeah. Not, d does anybody see a trend here with Army? Yeah, he makes great trades that everybody kind of hates at the moment, and then they're like, wow, what a great trade that was. Yeah, I'm more talking about salary cap hits. It's seeming like he wants to get everybody on that team under that $7 million mark. That's true. And if you're over it, he wants to trade you. Yeah, 
if, if, if you're over it, then, well, the O'Reilly exception. But. Yeah, just the guy that's no good anymore. But, you know, when you think about it, you look at all the money that was thrown around this offseason, what do you think Perron's going to want next year? Um, I think Perron's going to be in the $6 million range. I think Perron is bounced around enough, and he loves St. Louis enough. I mean, what, this is the third time back? Yeah. That I think he might give us a little discount. That's what I personally think. But it could just, you know, things go to hell this season. He may want out. It's going to be interesting. But this is also, you can, I, I was from reading the, the room, if you will. This sounds like the teams are really anticipating a high cap jump in the next few years here based off the TV deals and all that coming in because some of these contracts were pretty high for what you expect. Like it's going to be, you know, tough to manage this year, maybe next year, but down the road, these teams that are, have signed these long deals with these higher um, salaries are, are preparing for the cap to go up, which I think it will. I mean, I think you're going to see that definitely. Well, yeah, it's going to go up. And, you know, another thing that was interesting this year that was kind of surprising is the more buyouts. You notice year by year the buyouts are going up, even though they're taking hits on the buyouts two or three years down the line from now. Some of them hits are pretty disastrous for some of the players. So okay, they, what do you mean by hits? That that's going to offset the the salary cap at that point. It might, and it also might be able to, you know. Sometimes they do that, just you know, push that down the road, and maybe, you know, you deal with that then, as well. And if if the cap's going to be higher, you're safe. Is what yeah. they're doing. They're they're anticipating two years down the road that the cap's going to shoot way up. I mean, Martin Jones even got bought out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Martin Jones is awful, but well, and that that's an, that's an iffy deal too. You bring that up, he goes to Philadelphia on a one year deal. What does that What does that tell you? What Philadelphia thinks of Carter Hart at this point? I mean, he could be a backup, I guess, in terms of Martin Jones, but that just seems like an odd deal to me. Would you rather have Jones or Elliot at this point? I'll be honest, Elliot. Have Elliot. you seen Elliot play lately, Joe? I've seen track. It's not records. the same moose that ran us to the third round. One of the dumbest jerseys I ever. I bought a jersey. I bought his jersey during the playoffs, and then it was traded the next, the next week. Basically, I wore that jersey once. I was going to ask you, that was my next question, we do you ever wear that jersey anymore? Does anybody want to buy it? I mean, it'll be a good throwback in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Elliot oh, runs man. to Tampa. Yeah, a lot of goaltenders this year. And Seattle trading the pick back. Did you see that? No, I missed that one. What? The what? Vanacek? Did they trade him? They back traded to him right Washington? back to Washington, yes. For I've only seen reports. 2022 pick, I think. I've only so, seen reports that they're interested Washington in bringing him back. So maybe. I, I didn't. So maybe no, that, they brought him back. Maybe that's one of the deals that was in place right there, you know. There sure wasn't many. <laughs> and then Tampa, man, how. I, granted, they got out of a lot of cap hell this offseason, but they went right back into it. What? Three days later? <laughs> a week later? You. Yeah, it's uh it is it is a pickle down there. Let's just put it that way. And these GMs have got to stop bailing each other out, man. Let one of these teams sit over the cap one year. And, and this kind of stuff stop. Yeah, I mean seriously, 
Brent Seabrook. It's never going to skate again. But because they can just ship that contract to somebody else, they can just write it off as LTIR and get cap space for it. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, teams have been doing this for years. It's just, uh, it's a loophole. You can take advantage of it. I'm just surprised the GMs keep bailing each other out. Yeah, you know what you're I'm an saying? exclusive I mean, club right there. To say, how many times are you going to try this? Right. But then, you know, when you want to do it, you know, you want, you want that help. Yeah, but it'd be your luck that that's when the GMs decide not to bail anybody <laughs> out. That's when they still bail each other out because we did it for you. You would think, you would think though, wouldn't that be a collective bargaining chip? I mean, you think that'd be the biggest collective bargaining chip there is, but yet this continues to happen every year. I thought collective bargaining would have a lot to do with it, but I guess not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what needs to be done, but it, what, what's what the you... point in having a salary cap? If you can dig out through loopholes. Well, isn't a salary cap kind of like ridiculous in a, in a way anyway? It's not very American. No, not really. I mean, especially when you got... The cap hits each team differently. If you look at, you know, signing in St. Louis where you got all your taxes and this and that compared to signing in Tampa... Where Tampa can get this player that wants ten million a year for eight instead, yeah. So that's an extra two on their cap because of no state taxes. It's not a fair playing field right now across no. the league. It well, really is. And now, honestly, I I've always been anti-cap because, uh, like, I think a person should be, you know, paid fair value market. Whatever the like, if you're in any industry, right? Say, I'm the greatest podcast producer in the world, and any company wants to hire me. Like, there's no cap on how much I can get paid, right? If I am worth the best, just think of football, right? Aaron Rodgers is in a cap issue right now with Green Bay. He's the best quarterback in the league. He could he could go. All the teams could bid for him, and he could make. 60 70 million dollars a yeah. year if it got into a bidding war but the cap limits limits the player value well, and it doesn't and like you said it doesn't really even the playing field because you have teams not spending to the cap you have the floor and then the different you know localities like there's no state tax or you know income tax in Florida in Las Vegas yeah Cal- California you pay a higher one Canada, the whole thing, nobody wants to play in Canada because of the taxes is one of the things. I just read an article, taxes and social media restrictions. Yeah, i seen that too. Yeah, apparently with this whole Canadian division last year, a lot of the Canadian players took huge hits because of the tax rate down here being lower than in Canada. And you pay the taxes by the state you play. Yeah, like the game you play in. Mm-hmm. That's why, so St. Louis has that 1% city tax, right? And mm-hmm. any time uh, a Cardinal plays or any time a team, like any time a team travels and plays here, they get 1% of their game check Yeah, in taxes. It's kind of crazy. Like, you don't, you don't think, I always thought like, hey, I work for... You know, I play for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I should just pay Pittsburgh. Taxes. Yeah, exactly. File your taxes for Pittsburgh. But can you imagine? Can you no. imagine the taxes you have to do because you have to claim income in pretty much thir- like twenty states, and then that's ridiculous. I'm glad I, you know. I, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine trying to keep up with that. There, there, there's no way. Yeah. So there you go again. You take a player that takes a league minimum at what nine fifty right now, nine hundred fifty thousand. He has to pay his agent, his tax professional, because you know he's got to have one. Yeah. That nine hundred fifty thousand. By the time you tax it, your agent gets his, and you pay you know whoever else you've got working for you. 
that nine hundred fifty thousand ain't crap. Right. Well, it's still pretty. It's still better than most Americans. Let's just put that in perspective here. Well, this is true, but when you see people getting ten and a half and right. eleven and. You know, well, just become the but, greatest player in the league, and you don't have to have it. Okay, uh, okay. Agent, you can just walk in and be like, "This is what I want," and that's exactly what Ovechkin did. Ovi, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he did not use an agent. He just went straight to the the president of the club and was like, "This is what I want," and they're like, "Okay," which is what I would rather do anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I mean, you're still gonna have to have. Some professionals hired behind you. You're gonna, you're gonna have to have you want, a you're financial gonna, assistant. Yeah. You're gonna have to have a tax advisor. You're gonna want you know, an agent to go out and get those deals, like a shoe deal and like mm-hmm. all you know the Gatorades and stuff like that. Yeah, but to have somebody else negotiate what I want to do with my life, I I don't get that part of it. I really don't, and and, and it's kind of crazy because. Some of the players that are paid nowadays are paid on the agent's name. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. Hence Matt Holiday. Yeah. Well, you know, the okay. best agents that go in, they they demand and the teams get tired of them. Like Scott Boris in baseball. No one <laughs> yeah. likes Scott Boris, but all his clients get paid because he plays hardball. He's like, I have the best players. You're going to have to deal with me. You're going to have to pay what we want. Yep. In a non-salary cap league. Yeah. Of all leagues, it should be salary capped. None of them should be, I don't think. Open it up. Free market. Make these owners spend. If Jerry Jones wants to win a Super Bowl because he hasn't, he's won one playoff game since Joe's been alive. (laughs) Make him him spend $300 million and see if he can win the Super Bowl. No, didn't they win a Super Bowl in the 90s with uh, Troy Aikman? Yeah, they I, won I don't know. two, yeah, three. They won three. The same issue you have in the NBA right now. It'd be this guy talking to this guy, talking to this guy, talking to this guy. Well, they're uh... one big. Oh, and that, so you got you'll get the dreaded super and, team, right? Yeah, and then you've got fans but, of other organizations paying outrageous ticket price money to go him? watch their team get destroyed because their owner can't afford a four hundred and fifty million dollar team well the TV, know, I, I don't the TV I, I think you almost have to have a salary cap to make it oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey party foul uh but i i get your point man hey, look you have to have a salary cap just to make it fair to the fans well no because the fan look ticket prices are going to go up they, if if people if they have to charge if they charge a thousand dollars per ticket guess what the fans aren't going to show up they have to keep it reasonable and it's all about winning and the nba is a salary cap team what the nba has just done is some of those players have like i'll take less money to go win a championship all right all right look at the cardinals right now selling ten dollar tickets because they can't sell any tickets selling five dollar tickets show five dollar tickets even <laughs> that's I mean, that, kind of tricky right now Did- but i mean cardinals have always run like every once in a while they'll do five dollar tickets but baseball mm-hmm. is 81 games at a forty-five thousand you know seat stadium you're not going to sell out every game right football football they have high high ticket prices because they have 10 games that's eight regular and two preseason in 75 to eighty thousand seat state yes and then hockey is 40 or 40 41 and uh you know twenty thousand. so like baseball can baseball Twice the size as Enterprise, twice as many games. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna they can afford. They to can have... afford, yeah. Joe, before you were born, you used to be able to line up and get a bleacher seat for four dollars a game. Dad told me he would go to the uh, baseball game back in the seventies, sit in the bleachers, have five dollars, get a ticket, a hot dog, a soda, and still have a couple bucks left over. Now, see, I, I wasn't there yet, but <laughs> but that was in the seventies. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Yep, you heard him. Sit right in the no. field. By, yep. Uh, but let's kind of get back to what craziness happened Wednesday because Philip Deneau 
I don't know how in the hell he got paid what he did in Los Angeles. Uh, the, explain some of these contracts to me, Nin, because these are average. forward right now is priceless because of the way the game is played now. Okay. A two-way defensive forward is just as much as a 20-goal scorer at this point. If you look at the market, that's exactly how it's going. So you're getting paid just as much to stop them from going in the net as you are from putting them in the net. Defense. Yeah. So I can see how he got what he got. I think what happens here, and Joe, don't take this the wrong way, the casual fan and pretty much 99.9% of the lounge (laughs) don't understand the true fundamentals of the sport, and they base basically everything off goals and assists and points, where you don't look at the physical, like, Getting in front, you know, there's a lot of things that don't show up on the score sheet that really doesn't define, like, you know, think Al McKennis. You know, he, he was a great scorer for a defenseman, but the other stuff that he did, you know, getting in the lane, setting players up, running like screens, just being, he's more valuable there than he w- would be than is just on the score sheet of being one of the, the best scoring defensemen. Yep. That's why the, the, the Norris Trophy to me has become a joke. Yes, because it's all about who can score the most goals as a defenseman. It's not like everything is just becoming offense, like points driven. Baseball's gone this way. It's all about mm-hmm. metrics of like the numbers where you don't get the fundamentals like that are more crucial. Yep. Launch angle. I'm launch, angle to... is, launch angle is probably the most overused term in baseball right now, but yeah, I get it. You want to yeah. talk about saber metrics. So so players that play fundamentally defensively and can create a little offense are gonna get good deals because playing both ways is very crucial. Think of Mike Hoffman, right? He could only play one way. He couldn't go back. That's why he got four and a half million and Schwartz who could play full ice even though he can't score, I mean you paid five and a half million for nine goals. Good for you, Seattle. <laughs> Welcome to the league. Um, but he could skate back and forth and play a little defense. That's why he got a little more money than Hoffman, who can just sit in the right circle all day and just put up goals. All right, you brought up Ovechkin earlier. What is Ovechkin then? I mean, even Ovechkin like, is more of a two-way player than you think. Yeah, Ovechkin is a great. Like he gets back. Like he hits. I, like. Everybody like thinks that I, he's just... I only see the goal scoring. I mean, I look on the highlights. I don't, I can't watch Washington games on a normal basis, so I only see the highlights. They only show the goals, and he assists. Yeah, true. I mean, I I should go back because and watch NBC, some of his national sport. I mean, the Capitals were always on national games because it's they're the nation's capital. Yeah, and he's the best player in the league. Yeah, so. Yeah, Ovechkin, what, what what did he pull? 11 and a half? Is that what he got? Nine, no, and, a half. Got nine, and, nine a half. and a half. Nine and a half or five. That's right. He's worth it. He's probably worth 12 in all honesty because there's never been a greater score, like, scorer. And the fact that he can play both ways, I mean, he's good and at getting back. And physical, right? He hits every time he's played course, here. You know, if I had Tom Wilson on the other side of me, I'd be a little more physical too. But I saw t- Tom Wilson just got engaged. I saw. Yeah, I seen that. Somebody asked if he blindsided her with the ring. <laughs> Two deals. Well, he won't get I've... in trouble for it. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Two deals I wanted to focus on too. One is the Blake Coleman deal in Calgary. Like, okay, you justified the one uh, that Dano got, but can you really justify this one? And can you justify what what uh? Uh, this is what I got to say, Joe. I- Coleman and Gord were two of the biggest players that resulted in those two cups. So, them two right there just made a ton of money winning two cups. 
that pays. It's just like, okay, say you ride the coattails of a good manager, okay? You're the assistant manager of a really good manager. You win a couple championships with that manager. You don't think your stock's going to rise because of those two championships? Even though you probably didn't do anything? Right. Well, these guys even helped win those two championships. They're going to get paid. And and also that like the experience that you have from just coming coming in from a uh, you know winning the cup like that experience that grind think of it as a fan right that was like two and a half months of nothing we've ever experienced right mm-hmm. to be on the edge that experience alone for a fan you know how tough that was like every day think of it now as a player going through that and you've done it twice that experience is crucial for a team. Yes. Yeah. That's why the sod pickup by the Blues, another good, you know, is a guy that's been there, you know, you got a mix of young guys coming up and you have the old guys now that won one here and now come bringing in guys that have won. It's going to be a nice blend. And when you think about it, signing sod right now is like having Steen back in his mid 20s. Yes. Yes. But Saad can score a little bit more. Which I, get it. I would okay. take in a heartbeat. Steen was a good scorer back in his day. Like, he, he, you know, he could find the back of the neck. He could put the biscuit in the oven, Joe. Yeah, he, he could score goals. He could kill penalties. He was physical. That's exactly what you got in Brandon Saad. And Saad, when he played with us, or against us last year, man, he was one of those pesky guys that, mm-hmm. I know Landis got scored like every shot he took, but Saad was right there. You know, he was the guy that was really allowing Landeskog to get open. Yeah, and McKinnon. Yeah. McKinnon, yeah. that's the I, one that scored everyone. I that's can see yeah. Min shaking his head right now like, wow, I can't believe I'm even saying this. But uh, the other deal I wanted to bring up was the Zach Hyman deal in Edmonton. This I don't quite understand. You okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This quite this I don't quite understand. Just because that your girlfriend you called you, Joe? No, you Maybe talk when about you start ex- doing this at two in the fucking morning, man. <laughs> oh you, fuck. No, no, but <laughs> that little oh fuck by Joe though just class oh fuck. Just because <laughs> But hey, seriously. You the talk Hyman's about experience. Calling. Zach Hyman has an experience getting out of the first round. No, but who was who was one of the best players on Toronto in that first round? Hi, Zach Hyman. There you go. There you I, go. I just I just don't justify seven years for Hyman, but okay. I mean, right. can, can you You've can you got to get something in Edmonton besides McDavid and Dreisaitl. The finesse. Yeah. You've got to get a little away from the finesse. And I I know they got, what, Cassian? Cassian? Cassian, yeah. Yeah, but Hyman's going to come in there and he's going to be... He's going to be that sandpaper without the enforcement, if you know what I'm saying. Right. And if you throw him on a line with McDavid... If you could throw one winger on a line with McDavid... And actually give him some room and have a little offensive talent yourself. Imagine the points he could put up. And you can split him and dry side. Yeah, it, it, they seemed a little thin when they put would put those two together. It was almost like yeah, the one definitely. line situation in Colorado two years ago. Before you know, they were always the one-line team. If you could stop that one line, you could stop Colorado. Same here with Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah, Colorado's heading past. back to that. So, Joe, were you? did you think those are two of the worst signings? Because I can think of I two that I those, I, hey, I, I wouldn't say those are the two worst. They're just the two head-scratching. Like, like why? For me, anyway. But go ahead, Wies. Well, I mean, how about Dimitri asking for 3.5 or something? That's a pretty bad deal. <laughs> All Isn't right. that a bad one? Yep, it is. It and then Suter, how much did Suter get? Four years at 
Steer got four years at 3.64. Yeah. Is he going to be able to walk in four years? Well, here's the thing with Dallas. They did so much yesterday. Where are they going to put all these people? Fort Worth. You know, yep. it, it, did you see today that Corey Perry signed with uh, Tampa? I missed that one. Yeah, Corey Perry signed a two-year contract with Tampa. Jeez. After losing to him the last two years in the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> I hate to make I hate to make this yeah I hate to make this uh, comparison here but it's almost like Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. Not a basketball fan. I know I know you're not, but you do know the player and you know how good he's been. I guess from hearing, but it's he he lost to him probably three years them three years in a row. He's like you know what I'll join him. So I get it. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but Dallas signed a bunch of people. Tampa had to revamp. I didn't think they'd revamp like they did, but uh, who else? Montreal was active again. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're really depending on the cap going up. That that's. Uh, they must again have some insider information that we don't. Because, no, I'm telling yeah. you the insight. I've told you the cap is going up. There's two new TV contracts that are paid pretty well. How okay? How much are they going to go up? Because some of these deals makes well, you believe you that it's going to go up if, high. If, if all these pl- if all these teams are getting braver on the buyouts and everything else, why not take a chance? Well, and here's the thing, right? Like, hockey was on the up. Why do you think Turner and ESPN got in? The cap was on the way up, but COVID hit, and all the revenue went away from being in the arena. So yep. guess what? It became a more – it was leaning towards being – it is a great – and it's the best sport to watch in person. It's great on TV. It's It could be a little better on TV. I think Turner's going to find a way to make it very innovative for a TV broadcast. But The glow puck? More people have been watching it on TV, so they're, those are going to go up. I'm telling you, the fact that the cap stayed level during a pandemic is telling you that the state of hockey is like financially bet, the best it's been in a long time. Therefore, the cap's going to go up. I'm, I, I, would be, I wouldn't be surprised in two years it's up $25 million at least. Whoa, okay, so uh, okay, so it has to jump. jump next year then. You say 25 in two years. You're saying 10 next year? I think so it's it, gonna it'll, go probably go, it'll probably be like 15 next year and then another 10 after that. Jeez, doesn't it go up maybe a couple mil, not a couple mil each year, but like four or five million each year, and now you're I'm saying it's going to go up that much? They have two new TV contracts, right? You have a, you know, you just got expansion fees. There's money yeah. in the sport, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm telling you, the, the, the cap is going to go up. There's the re- revenues go up, players, you know, they have the bar, they have to have a certain percentage, that has to go up too. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say twenty to twenty-five million. Put it on the board. Mark it down here. Have I been wrong yet on this podcast? Bet with wheeze. <laughs> yeah, betting with the king, right? Y- yeah. You have to think there has to be an inside to something because the the not only the money. But if you look at some of the AAVs and how they're they're leveraged out, three years down the line from now, the three, four, and five years of most of these contracts are the heaviest. Yeah. Now, now that could be because they have people coming off the books. That or it's just or maybe I'm off by a year because I forgot that the Delta variant could put a screwball into my two year plan. In three years, it'll at least be $25 million. So But I'm you, saying two. You, you might be on to something there because a lot of them AABs are later on in the contract. Yes, guys, trust me. Business of sports. Quipping fans, look how it is a business. Well, you got to be a fan too, Wees. Fuck, I mean, you go to these games. Why? Because you like the business of sports? Come on. <laughs> well, no, you're a fan. But... No, I like Yeah, exactly. Sport. You have to understand the business aspect of it, though. Uh-huh. That's why you can't get attached. You can't cry when Alex Petrangelo leaves because he took some. He took more money to go elsewhere. Oh, it is a business. Good example. Honda commercial. Yes. Good. Ex- good example. 
when Pujols left. Can't get attached. Because if you do, you're going to get screwed over. You're going to get screwed over because you bet the uh, great player is going to leave and you're going to be like, why would he do that? Why? I thought he was loyal. No. It's not about loyalty. Because what you've taught me. a team out there willing to throw money at a name. Right. Well, and, and that's the except thing. Tarasenko. Except Tarasenko. Well, except Tarasenko, yes. <laughs> but, hey. I think his attitude might have a lot to do with I think team. Tarasenko, I'll be honest with you guys. I think Tarasenko will be a blue this year. Okay? Don't, uh, hear me out. He'll if be he a can't move year. him, he's going to be a blue. No, no, no. And he's going to have one of the best seasons we've ever seen from him. This is my prediction here. This is not a King Wiz endorsed bet, folks. Please <laughs> do not take this one. <laughs> but no, this is my mind. So, he's going to have an awesome year. If you and... want to play the King Wiz betting game or betting book here, this is what you do. <laughs> take what Joe says. So he will not be a blue, and he maybe scores four goals this season. I'd take the under on 10 goals. That's what I would do if you can find that bet. All right, Nathan, come on. Talk some sanity okay. into this. Here's my thing with Tarasenko right now. With signing Bushnevich and Saad, and him having the attitude and the, the get me out of here, I don't want to be here, you know, all the lingo. But um, we don't know if that's about the players, though. We don't know if the players disrespect, don't respect him now. No, it could have been just with the players. What I'm saying is, as management, how do you put this guy in front of some of the other players? That's what I was talking about, Nate. What if some of the other players still respect him after Bushnevich was traded? Who was and this was interesting. Who was one of the guys that reached out to Bushnevich? Tarasenko and. Since Schwartz is gone now, and Barube likes to do these two-man, you know, lines and then just throw somebody on the other side of them. Not a fan of. Go ahead. Who's going to be Shins now? Kyrie or Thomas? Because you need to give one of the you need to give one of those young guys big time minutes. Not big minutes, but enough to where. It'll give him a chance to shine. Because you're going to need those young guys to step up this year. Okay. That's in my mind. Here's my thing. Where are you going to put them all? You're going to... You, this whole first, second, top six, bottom six... It just, that stuff's going away to begin with, to me. Because if you have a full team that you can roll four lines... Yes, one line is going to have more talent than the next, granted. But what is wrong with Thomas centering a third line? You All know? right. I mean, if you can run your first, second, and third lines out there and there's almost no disparity between the ice time and your winning games, who cares which line they're on? Okay. Well, right. okay, what about Costin? You say Costin needs to play all, every game. You're like, Costin needs to be in there. If Costin is not in that lineup this year, that whole fiasco was a failure to me. This has been going on for how many years now? Yeah, I mean, he's got it's he's got to play now. You've got to give him the chance. Now, I uh, I've just pulled up uh, Jeremy Rutherford's proje- uh, guesstimated lines, as he's calling it, with Saad without Tarasenko. He's got Saad O'Reilly Peron, Jen Thomas Buchnevich, Barbashev, Sunquist, Kairu, Clifford Joshua Sanford. Extras, McEachern and Costin. So you're telling me you're going to throw Joshua in there before you give Costin a chance? That's what he is, but you know I'm not a big JR fan. Are you a JR fan? First of all, name. I I like his I, insight because he's got inside information. But sometimes I think he jumps the gun a little bit. The inside doesn't like him very much. I know that. I'm kind of starting to get the gist of that too. Yeah. Why? Okay. 
Nin, I'm going to go back to something you said on live mic in a party. A PlayStation party. Be careful. That live mic can get you. <laughs> I know. But so but at least you don't have a recording. Tom basi- Basically, you said that you didn't like Joshua. I mean, I, I don't know the exact quote, but you're like, Joshua? Like no, 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 no. I, he's not an everyday NHL player. The fact that he's on that fourth line, projected. Joe, why are you getting so angry? It is a projected because, because, line from a because beat you got, reporter. But, Get out no, of here. Wait till but, we hear from the, what the actual line is. We don't but, know if the I mean, Blues are done again, making moves, right? They got to. They gotta get okay, rid of Tarasenko can, in this they, circumstance. Well, that's point, my thing. If you hold but, on to Tarasenko, do you throw him back up there with ROR and Perron? No. And then have Sod with Shin and Ustavich on the line. second. Thomas centering Kairu and I, I almost think you gotta put Costin on the fourth line to start. I would put either Barbie up there. Would you put Costin up in the trade deal if as long as it moves Tarasenko out of here? Well, uh, that would be the if only you way you get him, you anything might as well. Back. Yeah. Well, and, and that, I think, would get you more back than just trading Tarasenko. I mean, you got to put a sweetener in there in my mind. But because... then I would actually like to see what Costin can do first. Before we just ship him out, you know what I'm saying? So, basically, you want to see him play in the preseason because you really don't want to... What I is want that him to go to Costin and do to Costin what they did to Kyrou last year. Let him be Brett Hall for, like, a month and then revert, <laughs> revert well, to then, being shitty? <laughs> well, Costin you're reminds mis- me more of... Uh, here we go. Uh, he's like a Brendan Shanahan. He's going to score no, 600 career goals. Scoring 50. Um, <laughs> Let's hear this crazy. No, he's, he's a little yeah, bit I'm like trying, Mario I'm Lemieux. I'm waiting to hear Pavel Dimitri. Bushnevich kind of reminds me more of a Pavel Dimitri. Kostin kind of reminds me of a Dimitri Yaskin. Oh, in like four <laughs> years, he's going to sign a $4 million deal like the hell are you guys doing no i think he's got a little more upside than yaskin did <laughs> i hope he's got more upside than yes i'm just did. i'm just feeling the reading the room here and then the mean, fact that he can't get in god head the fact, should roll if you don't have more than yaskin did i mean i'm just reading the room here the fact that he can't even crop uh you know top the fourth line in in this current situation yeah i i don't know i I see Joshua kind of going, maybe not as enforcer-like, but I see Joshua kind of taking the, the Reeves road. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. I I think he's going to be... He's going to be a banger. And obviously he's got some hockey sense. And, you know, I'd love to have him on the fourth line. But... Costin, this this has been going on too long. You, it it's time to shit or get off the pot. And if if the coaching doesn't trust him, well, then you've really got a problem. And the trade, I think he was in the same trade with uh, Sanford, right, from Pittsburgh. I, no, Sanford, no, no, no. He Washington. was a, he was a pick. That we got from Pittsburgh or Washington. Yeah, yeah it was uh, a pick Costin we got was. from okay. Pittsburgh for Reeves. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, um, remember because, oh my god, we traded Reeves for a first-round pick. Might be one of the best deals. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, if no way Costin Reeves. Can play. Well, if you Costin... know, right now, Reeves has more ice time than... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you've got to give him a chance. Now, if you don't put him on the the fourth line, you can't just bump him to the second, can you? I mean, 
I don't know. I like I haven't seen enough of him in all honesty to know I mean, what he, he is. He does prefer the left side if I'm correct, right? Yeah. So you let Shen be the center and put put him on the left side there and bump Thomas down to the fourth line. Cuz that third like line that third line of Barbershed, Sunquist, and Kairou is a pretty good line. Yeah. And you can't have Thomas down unless you put no, because then you got... I don't know, man. It's going to be tricky. Do we just not number... Not call them lines. Just say we have four lines. They just run four. Don't give it a number. Yeah. I mean, you've got to put Thomas on a line with somebody that can protect him. In my eyes. Because they just started running over Thomas last year. He had no ice to do anything. No. So you got to get somebody on a line with him that can open up some ice. And if Costin is the player that they say he is, with the, you know, grit and sandpaper and go to the net and all this and all that, I think him and Thomas would be good. Now, we were talking before when I said put Kairou on the right side on that line. Kind of having second thoughts on that one. Yeah. But I don't know if we've got a right winger that would be able to put the puck in the net. Wait, you're but telling me Kairou, a.k.a. Brett Hall, no, can't play I, right wing? No, I'm not. I'm not saying Kyrie can't put the puck in the net. It's just him and Thomas don't mix well. <laughs> no, you thought they would. It's speed, but speed kills, and it doesn't because none Why of them want to shoot. Kyrie up with Shin and Buchnevich with Thomas and Costin. Can we just add another Russian to that line? <laughs> Can we bring Yaskin back to play center for that line? Or, or <laughs> would you have kicked the tires on Weidman? I would have actually. I would have too. Yeah, I would have too. And I'm glad the, he's back in the league. The other signing that I saw today that was kind of out of left field was Hockenpah. Yanni Hockenpah. Wow. What what was the contract? He signed for 1.5 with Dallas. You're having trouble putting this lineup together in St. Louis. How would you put that lineup in Dallas together? Oh, my like... God. I don't know, man. You just throw that <laughs> blender and pour it out and see where it falls. <laughs> Weez, you sound like you agree there, huh? I mean, just play some <laughs> hockey, boys. We don't need lines. Just, you know... Tag me in, I'm in. Yeah, but I this isn't in. this isn't street hockey though. That is this isn't roller hockey. Way, though, when you look at it, because you, you don't, you almost can't even put a fourth line together anymore without spending ten million. Right. the The fourth line is going to just become a three and a half line. Is what it's going to be. I always, when I grew up, maybe I'm wrong, and since you guys are on here, I always thought the fourth line was the least talented line but the line that can run amok a little bit more than the top three. Like, like I always, because I saw Reeves. Remember that CPR line? That's Yo, that's what I... Back when I first started watching hockey, your fourth line was almost as valuable as your first line. You want to know why? Why? Because it was called your checking line. Yeah. Your and... checking line was who played against the Sackicks and... The you know back when you can clutch and grab and actually interfere with the players and... when it was actually hockey and yes. back back on the day back on EA Sports NHL for, <laughs> it was one line two line third line and then that line was called the checking line in the mm-hmm. game they didn't even call it the fourth line it was called nope. the checking line it's called the checking line yep but as players as that kind of game went away. You started adding a little more skillful players to that fourth line, and I'm telling you, Joe, if you're going to be a good team, you have to have a solid four lines. Yep. Just as a captain doesn't matter because you need everybody to be a captain. Yep. 
So Captain isn't what it used to be. I mean, you've said that how many times to me? Captain has so. never been anything. Captain is just a title. Like, it's just a, it's just a thing, you know? Yeah, why have any? Why have any at all? Why not just you know Tradition. not have because a captain? There's certain roles on the ice that the captain can have. Yes. Other players don't. It's like no, nobody can just go up and talk to the ref in the replay box. The captain it, has it, to. Yeah. Or the assistant. Or the assistant. Yeah. There's there, like there's it's boundaries. A, yes. And actually back in the day, I believe the captain they used to have like uh like some of the rules, like they used to have a coin toss or something. Like it, it was like pick which way you want to go before the set. Like the captain on the coin toss would call it and they would pick which way they wanted to go on the ice. It wasn't a set like the blue score yeah, twice I that way. All that. that this was way back in like the the teens and twenties. Like a captain would actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're going way back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't start watching till the early '90s. Weeks. No, but this was this was like the captain, like they're legit. Like when they were sometimes playing outside. Yeah, you, I was to say you had to like, all right, you know, there was a coin toss, and the cap, like the captain, would be the one calling it, and be like, all right, sun's coming this way, we're legit gonna go that way. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you have to have your captains and assistants. Or otherwise, it'd be a free-for-all with the with the refs. It's already a free-for-all with the refs, so... Well, I mean, I'm not ref- saying the other players can't talk to the ref. Yeah, right. I mean... But, but when, when you want explanation for a call, mm-hmm. the captain goes... The captain's the only one that can go over and be like, Hey, what's going on here? Yeah, or the coach wants to see the ref. Yeah. Yeah, somebody has to relay that message, and that's either the captain or the assistants. Yeah, let's not get into the NHL referee situation because I, I really don't want to draw this up, uh, draw this more into the two hour range, and it's already in a one hour range. So let's just let, so. let me just ask you both a question. I'll start with you, Joe. Did the All blue? Right. Are, did the Blues? Are they better than they were last year? Right now, based off the deal so far. Yes, because you got rid of Schwartz, and now you have a guy who scored twenty again twenty goals in fifty four games. So, uh, yeah, you're instantly better. My one question with this team is defense. Which you're gonna not the top two, not the top pair, or top two pairs for that matter. What are you gonna do with the third pair? That's gonna be the big issue. But that's just me. Then. You turn this team more into a Craig Berube team. Yeah. With what you've done thus far. This is the team that Berube wants to put on the ice. And as far as that third pair D, I, I almost think you have to... I would not have Krug and Falk together. No. Five on five. Um, I would almost have Scandella or Mikola with Falk. I would go back to the Krug-Pareko experiment before I'd, Pareko got hurt. I would go back to Falk and Pareko. Pareko really needs that. Like, the best Pareko's ever been is when he had Bo Meester, that solid defender. I know they're both right-handers. I know they both like to jump a little bit. But I'm telling you, he needs that, like, solid guy on his side. I still don't think Krug is that guy yet. Well, then why? Maybe hope Scandella can do it? He might, but... Pareko, Pareko needs Nicola's that stuff. more of a chance of it than Scandella, to be yeah. honest with you. But they would never put Pareko with him because they want, they, you know, because you don't think yeah. Mikolo is a top. And I, I don't think Pareko's a top-line defenseman. I really don't. And, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little more of Santini. Yeah, I, I wouldn't him. mind yeah. either. Because the the game that we seen him in, he, he wasn't bad. Yeah. You and, think and if you have to platoon Bortuzzo again, then so be it. Set your lineup to the team you're playing against. Yeah. All right. What about a guy that won the Hobie Baker Award, award 
recently and, and a guy in Zach Brunovich. Does he factor in at all? What, you like, know, neighbors it, could make a difference this year. He could, but... Because he no almost made the team out of camp last year. No one's talking about Perunovic. Why? Can, can someone explain to me why you don't... Because nobody... Why you caution? Nobody has had a chance to see him since we drafted him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It was injury after injury after injury. And then COVID. You know, let us see him first. Because okay. he could be that left side D that might be able to play with Pareko. But, just... I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting camp. It really is. I mean, I I don't see Clifford making this roster next year. I don't either. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's not on... Was he on uh, the projected here? No, I don't think he was. Oh, yeah, he was. He was yeah, on he's, the, yeah, he's on there, but I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, maybe if we get rid of Tarasenko. Uh, and that's a whole other show. What happens if we don't get rid of Tarasenko? Then make him play. <laughs> you know yeah. what? Raise your value. Right, Joe when said Tarasenko's it here. Been, Joe said Tarasenko... it. You heard it here first. Yeah, all star, hundred goals. He's gonna break Gretzky's no, record. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, watch him. I would be happy to see Tarasenko get twenty five goals, fifty points from Tarasenko this year. Twenty five goals, twenty five assists. Yeah, right on the money. Yep. What the? I I would want the goals and assists to be close. I at least want to see him get 25 goals this year if he plays all season. Okay. Whether it's with us or anybody else, just for himself. I think where the real issue here is where we're going to, like, where it's just not going to work is it's not so much the players in the locker room, it's the medical staff that he that we have. That's what I was saying. When did uh, you say what makes you think? What makes you think the players are going to disrespect him now that or not have respect for him? Now that he's wanted to trade. I mean, like I said, he was one of the first guys to reach out to Booch. It's not the players. we have, It's the medical staff. That yeah. Is, yeah, exactly. That's where the separation is. That's where I don't think this. This is where I, but, where I really don't think this relationship is mendable. Yeah, but but why would Nin say you don't want to put him in yeah, front of these players it's, again? The, it's the, not the players. It's not the team medical staff that did the surgery. Well, it's the yeah. Blues medical staff that helped him with the rehab, and, and I guess they weren't Trust on him me, enough. Or from, I don't know. From insider, one of my insiders, that you know, um, that I do another podcast with on occasion, says that there is a large rift between him and the Blues medical staff, and that's the big issue. Okay, so, so putting him in front of the players is no problem staff for Tarasenko. No, so this is why this is why I really think like we're not gonna have Tarasenko. So does he hold out? He holds out. We sit him out. I don't know. He holds put him out, on long. Doesn't... Put him on long term injury. Maybe see if you I can add somebody. Can do that unless you actually injure him. Well, his shoulder. We don't know. <laughs> Just saying. He harmlessly got bumped against the Los Angeles Kings in 2019 and got hurt. So what? That wasn't that harmless. shoulder. That wasn't a harmless bump. It wasn't harmless, but it yeah, wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. You get somebody that's built like a rock underneath your shoulder and have him push up on it and see what happens. Joe, okay. let's have you and Fish body check each other and see what oh, happens. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, he did. We did. Uh, I tried to get away bubbles? from. Winner gets Nin's affection for life. <laughs> inflatable rubber ball yeah. or whatever. <laughs> that'd be a great. Need a big ball. <laughs> hey, that'd be a great idea video. But that that'd yeah. be funny. Oh Joe likes the <laughs> Joe likes the idea of the winner getting Nin's affection for life. No, I just, yeah, that's I just, not gonna happen. Nin has no. No. <laughs> who are you picking no, in that I'm, though? If we're gonna do a bubble ball, who's winning? Bubble head or he, bubble ball? Whoever can actually stay on their feet. 
Will it be a running start and, and or will it be like a contact? I'm talking about <laughs> the actual run into each other. My my guess is they're gonna like getting it on. Have you guys ever done that? I did it. But we played bubble soccer. It's fun. It kind of hurts sometimes. You just get blindsided out of oh, nowhere. Oh, man, watching that stuff at the, at the intermission in the hockey games is crazy. So uh, I did it, and my my guess for what will happen with Joe and Fish is getting it on, they will fall over, and they will be like turtles on their back, unable to get up. Like, they'll just be rolling around. That's my <laughs> guess. I think they're going to stumble while they're running into each other. Fish will fall. It's going to be two balls. Well, I could, I could see it like this. I, like, come here, bitch. Come here, bitch. I imagine that combined in the past 15 years, they've ran a collective of three seconds. And that's when, oh that's when Fish saw an ice cream truck and then stopped. That's probably the fastest Fish has ever run in his life. Well, I don't yeah. know. He was going to chase you down that night at the, at the, at hockey, the hockey game. game. I remember that, yep. And, and he decided not to because you were all the way over on the other side. So, no, then we would have both been thrown out, and <laughs> I'm not wanting to deal with that. Yeah, fish is all talk. Yeah, yeah, he won't do shit. Watch, he's gonna listen to this and talk more shit now. So, um, <laughs> this has been a great show. Thank you guys for listening at home. For Weezer Weir, for Nin, I'm Joe Hamilton. Until Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody.